wanted to preach it. There's been times I've wanted to preach it in my home church, but God said, no, I don't, I want you to preach something else. And he would always lead me in a different direction. And I will tell you that in the time that we have been evangelizing, a beautiful thing that has happened is God has been opening up uh, and dropping things into my spirit about churches that I'm going to be preaching at. When, I, when Brother Dummett contacted me and asked me to come, this is the message that after a two-year period of just praying and seeking God and him dealing with me about this and getting it together and working on it this past week and finishing it up and praying over it and studying and meditating over the things of God, I feel like that it is God's will that I preach this message today. And I believe that God is going to speak to us today. Is anybody willing to receive what the Lord has for his people? Amen. I want to turn your attention to the book of Luke chapter 15. The book of Luke chapter 15, starting with verse 11. The book of Luke chapter 15, verses 11. We're going to be going from verse 11, starting with verse 11 through 24, but I'm also going to be reading a few more scriptures. But we're going to start in the book of Luke, chapter 15, verse 11. It says this, and he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. Not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. When he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land. He began to be in want. He went and joined himself to a citizen of that country and he sent him into this fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat. And no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. Anybody thankful that when you were lost, that you were able to come to yourself and realize you needed to get back to the house of God? It says, I will arise and go to my father and I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him. And had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this, my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost. Now he's found. And they begin to be married. A lot of times when we read the scriptures, when we talk about the prodigal son, this is typically where we stop. And I would say that it's completely in order because when we begin to read about the prodigal and him coming back 
home that is a good stopping place for uh, typically for what we preach. But I'm going to go just a little bit further because there's another portion of this story that I want us to consider. And it picks up in verse 25. Now, his elder son was in the field as he came and drew nigh to the house. He heard music and dancing and he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, thy brother has come and thy father hath killed the fatted calf because he hath received him safe and sound. And he, speaking of the brother, was angry. Everybody say angry. And would not go in. Therefore, his father came out and entreated him. It seems that while the father wanted restoration, the brother wanted revenge. So the question that needs to be answered today is not will the prodigal come home? Because I believe that the answer is yes, even as as it applies to the lost and the backslidden family members and friends that we've been praying for. The question is not, are they going to come home? Because I believe that they are coming home. It's been prophesied that those that we've been praying for, they are coming home. That is not the question that I would pose to you today. The question that I have that I feel that needs to be asked today is not, will the prodigal come home? But the question is, what spirits will the prodigal encounter when they get home? Will they encounter the spirit of the father or will they encounter the spirit of the brother? I hope and I believe that I am in a church this afternoon that desires the spirit of the father. That says we don't care where you've been. We don't care how long you've been in the pit pen. We're not concerned about how long you've been in the pit pen. We're more concerned of getting you out of the pit pen. Can I get a witness in the house today? Amen. So I want to preach on this thought. Pagans and pigs. Pagans and pigs. Can we put our Bibles down and can we just begin to lift up our hands to Jesus and ask him to help us today? God, we love you. We magnify your great name. You are great. You are great to be great. God, from the rising of the sun until the going down of the same, your name is to be praised. God, we're here to worship you. In spirit and in truth, Lord, our hearts, Lord, we desire to be in tune as we come and worship you. We exalt you, extol you, lift you up and magnify you because you are great and you are greatly to be praised. Can you put your hands together and love Jesus one more time? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you. You may be seated in Jesus' name want to take a moment and just kick the devil in the teeth if you don't mind want to tell you today that there will be a revival of backsliders coming back to God feel like I need to say that again there will be a revival of backsliders and new converts coming back to God I feel 
in the spirit that we are getting ready to see what was prophesied. And that we are going to see an unprecedented revival of backsliders coming to the church. I can remember it was General Conference 2011. I'm sure there's probably been other times you might have been there. When it was prophesied that Louisville, Kentucky was going to be a catalyst for backsliders coming home. And I believe that the word of God, it has gone forth and it's time for us to believe it and start to claim it. That what God said he would do, he still is able to do. I want to put Satan on notice today that the hold that you have on our children and the hold that you have on our families and the hold that you have on our friends, it's about to come to an end. I've come to tell somebody that the chains that have them bound, they're getting ready to break. The spirit of bitterness that is overtaking them is about to be destroyed. The walls that have enclosed them are about to come down and our loved ones are going to walk out free. Does anybody believe that today? That no longer, no longer are they going to look at sin and say, I'm free to live how I want to live. But they will walk away from sin and declare he whom the Son has set free is free indeed. And the devil knows that time is ticking. And he knows that there are those that are trapped, that they are about to be set free thanks to the power and the demonstration of the Holy Ghost and fire. And when it happens, you can rest assured that there is going to be a great Holy Ghost party on this side of heaven. If you think you've seen revival, wait until you've seen those who have walked away from truth walk right back into truth and never fall back in love with the world that they escaped from. If you think you've seen revival, wait until you've seen those that have walked away from truth and they walk right back into our churches with their hands lifted up and their mouths filled with praise, dedicating their lives back to the Lord. And what a sight it will be when those that have been gone 5 years, 10 years, 30 years, 40 years, 70 years, they come back into the church. Maybe it's been a while, it's been a season since they've lifted up their hands. Maybe it's been a season since they lifted up their voice. Maybe it's been a season since they spoke in tongues. But yet, they are going to come back into our churches and the power of God is going to fall on them and they're going to speak in other tongues. You might think I'm crazy today like it won't happen. But let's walk down memory lane and let's just see if what I'm saying sounds crazy. I'm sure it sounded crazy when Moses and the children of Israel were able to cross over the Red Sea on dry ground while Pharaoh's army was behind them and the Red Sea in front of them yet God was able to part the waters and they were able to walk on dry ground and the Bible says that God has thrown the horse and the rider into the sea or how about when Joshua marched around Jericho until the walls came crashing down seemed like a silly idea to walk around some walls and then expect them to come down but God made a way how about when the three Hebrew boys were thrown into the fiery furnace because they refused to bow to some false pagan gods that had no authority and had no power 
and when they were thrown into that furnace yet they were not consumed nor were their clothes singed they didn't even smell of smoke and although three went in Four came out. I've come to tell somebody that the God that we serve, He will make a way when there seems to be no way. He is a way maker. He is a promise keeper. He is a burden bearer. He is a heavy load sharer. He is well able to do today what He did in the Bible days. Don't get it mistaken, honey. Don't you think that what God did then, He can't do today? My God is well able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we can ask or think according to the power that worketh within us. Does anybody believe that God is able? I've come to tell somebody that if he did it for Moses, he can do it for you today. If he did it for Joshua, he can still do it today. If he did it for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he can still do it today. Why? Because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He does not change. Yet the Bible says that walking with him and living with him, it gets sweeter as the day goes by. Now's not the time to lose your faith. Now's not the time to lose your trust. Now's not the time to stop worshiping. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to lift him up. Today is the day to bless his name. Today is the day to say, God, I know that you can and I know that you will. David brings the Ark of the Covenant back to its rightful place. Now I believe that it was not done just it was done obviously to, pre to please the Lord, but it was also done to be a blessing to others. How many know that others matter? How many know that people outside of these walls they matter? And David wanted Israel to know that God's presence mattered and he wanted to show the people that he was not ashamed to get his praise on and help usher in the presence of God. David carrying the Ark of the Covenant, he said I can only take but just a few steps and I just begin to think on the goodness of Jesus and I begin to think about all he's done for me and then all of a sudden I just gotta dance. I just gotta shout because it ain't enough for me to just stay still. I know I'm not got the I'm not got the ark of the covenant back to its rightful place yet, but while it's on its way, I've got to praise Him. I've got to magnify Him. I've got to glorify His name. If you're wondering why I worship like I do, it's because the presence of God is important in my life. It may not make sense to you, but if you knew what it was like in the pig pen, if you knew what it was like in the slop, if you knew what it was like in the world, if you knew what it was like to go through tragedy, if you knew what it was like to have a doctor tell you, I'm sorry, your babies are not going to make it, but you can come into the house of God and still lift up your hands and still lift up your voice and tell you with pleasant assurance that this is the day that the Lord has made and I will rejoice and be glad that you will understand why I worship him like I do. Can I tell you church, you may not understand my praise, but if you knew what I had to go through to get this praise, you wouldn't question. 
come to preach today that what God has done for me and what God has done for you it ain't enough for us to keep it to ourselves but there is a lost and dying world that they need to know how good God has been they need to hear your testimony they need to know that the God that brought you out is the same God that is able to bring them out Gotta have a mindset that says I'm not ashamed to get crazy with my worship and my praise when it comes to my unsaved family and friends. That if touching the throne of Jesus means I gotta lose my dignity, then I'll do whatever it is I got to do. If I gotta look foolish, then so be it. Because I want my Jesus to know that he's worthy of the praise. And I want my Jesus to know that I got the faith that those that I've been praying for, those that I've shed tears over, that they will come back to the church, that they will, as the song says, come back with the Cooper to the heart of worship, where it's all about Jesus. Anybody been praying for some unsafe family members? Anybody been praying for some unsafe friends that you want? You've been asking, you've been praying, you've been hoping, you've been crying. Come on, that they will come back to church and they've turned down every request. They've turned Should I stop trusting? I've come to tell you, now's not the time to stop Now's not the time to stop believing. Now's not the time to stop trusting. Because God will bring them out of the world and bring them back into the church. It's time for us to believe it. It's time for us to receive it. They're coming home. But the question is, when they get home, what are they going to find? Are they going to find the spirit of the Father that says, come on. I'm convinced if we're going to see our lost loved ones saved, if we're going to see our friends saved, that we must praise him like never before. Because I believe that your praise is able to unlock your miracle. And if you'll be a witness that God can, God will show you that he will. Is there nothing too hard for God? I will tell you that there is nothing too hard for God. Jesus said himself that you could go ahead and you could destroy this body, but in three days, I'm going to raise it up again. And the Bible said that he raised himself from the dead and he raised himself with all power in his hands to let us know today that he is the Lord God Almighty. He who was, he who is, and he who is to come. The reason why we sing, the reason why we dance, the reason why we worship, the reason why we speak in tongues is because that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, it lives on the inside of you and it lives on the inside of me and can I tell you that same spirit is going to draw the prodigals and the unseen loved ones and the unsafe friends and those that don't know about this truth, it's going to draw Somebody's got to get the spirit of the Father that says, come on into the house of the Lord. There's safety in the house of the Lord. We as the people of the name, we've got to come against every spirit that would try to convince us that our unsaved loved ones 
are far too gone. Can I tell you, it's not over when God is in it. Amen. There's no such thing as too far gone when God is in it. We must continue to go to our knees in prayer for every soul that has been held captive by bitterness, captive by lust, deceit, and betrayal because the enemy has taken them away. And that same enemy is trying to tug on you and I to try to pull us away. I'm trying to tell you there's no tactic. There's no limit. There's no boundaries to the depths that the devil will go to to prevent every soul from coming back to Jesus and making heaven their home. But I believe it's time for us to stand, to stand and say no to the devil. We've got to let the devil know that we belong to God. We've got to let the devil know that our family members, they belong to God. We've got to let him know that our friends, they belong to God. Those that walked out of our church, those that may have walked out of our youth group, that they belong to God. And those that used to worship God with us in spirit and in truth, but now they curse us, they still belong to God. Anybody willing to pray for those that have walked away from truth and don't desire to even be around you but yet you'll still pray for them you'll still reach out to them because you know that there's safety in the house of the Lord I've come to tell somebody today that as long as Jesus is on the throne there is still an opportunity to come back home there's still an opportunity to come back as I said to the heart of worship there's still time for those who have forsaken truth to once again walk in truth. We don't have much time left, but we still do have some time. And we've got to use that time wisely. See, we would be foolish to think that a God that can heal the sick, and a God that can raise the dead, cannot bring back our backslidden friends and families. We would be foolish to think that the same Jesus who fed 5,000 with two fish and five loaves can't bring the backslider back to the altar. I've come to tell somebody today that, hallelujah, that God is greater than your greatest doubt. He is stronger than your greatest weakness. And he specializes in taking nothing and making something. That is who he is. And that is what he does. Can I encourage your church? Don't stop praying. Don't stop tarrying. Don't stop fasting. Don't stop teaching those Bible studies. Don't stop reaching for those unsafe friends. Keep on preaching. Keep on teaching. Keep on loving because I've come to tell you God can and God will. Is there anybody that believes that in the house? The story of the prodigal son is about a son who is granted access to his father's inheritance and squanders his inheritance with a season of what the Bible calls riotous living or wild living. Once the money was gone and once the friends were gone and once the parties had come to a conclusion, the prodigal son had to live with his bad choices and finds himself working for a pagan swine farmer. Man, how many know that when the turn up is over, that's when the struggle gets real. 
that even though the party might seem good, it might feel good for a little bit, but that party is not always going to stay. It's going to pass. And you're going to find yourself lonely. And you're going to find yourself in a place where you are all alone because all those so-called friends have now left you high and dry because there is no more nightlife. There is no more boogie. There is no more party. Now you are by yourself. And now we find that the prodigal, a Jewish boy, has now found himself working for a pagan swine farmer, which is significant because in Jewish culture pigs were considered unclean and it was his job to take care of the pigs and to make matters worse as I said he was working for a pagan farmer so imagine we have the prodigal son who is Jewish working an unclean job for an unclean boss and yet while he is working an unclean job for an unclean boss he is receiving nothing for his labor. He is offering up the best years of his life to spend it for absolutely nothing. He is spending his self, he's spending his life in sin because he has allowed himself once the party has ended and once the money was gone now he's found himself in a situation to where he's hanging out with the pagans and the pigs. So not only was he involved in an unclean lifestyle by working in the pig pen and filling his belly with the same garbage that the pigs were eating, but he was also giving himself to false doctrine by embracing paganism. In other words, he embraced the pagan lifestyle and ate the pig's leftovers. Right. Because the Bible says that he would fain and fill his belly. If you take a moment to look up the word fain, it means to take pleasure in and be willing to, under the circumstances, take on whatever it is that you are taking on and consume whatever it is that is able to be consumed. Saying that the prodigal would gladly ate with the pigs. He gladly Amen. Spent his time working for a pagan swine farmer. It did not matter if he was wasting his life because the Bible says that he enjoyed living with the pagans and the pigs. Didn't matter if it was free labor. He enjoyed it. He fanged and he filled his belly with everything that the pigs eat. And we look at that and we say, how could somebody squander their inheritance and find themselves in a pig pen and allow themselves to eat of what the same thing that the pigs are eating? Can I tell you that when sin gets a hold of you, you don't have the ability to say how far you're going to go. You might say, oh, I'm just going to get involved in this and I'm going to dabble a little bit in that but once you decide that you're going to walk away from the father's house you don't have the ability to be able to discern how far you're going to go and what you're going to do you can look at the prodigal we can all make the mistake of looking at the prodigal and saying how could you possibly find yourself in a situation where you're eating of the same thing that the pigs are eating but can I tell you that you and I if we're not right with God if we don't find it in our hearts every day uh, 
to take a moment and say, God, I thank you. I praise you for bringing me out of darkness into his marvelous light. Can I tell you that there is a pig pen with a pagan and a pig that would be willing to share its slop with you if you are not willing to say that I'm going to live for God. There's got to be some apostolics in this last day that we are living in that says, I'm not going to give in to the way of the world. I'm not going to give in to the sin of the world. I don't care how good it looks. I don't care how tempting it is. I don't care how enjoyable it may seem. I've never had it better than when I was in the house of the Lord. I've come to preach to somebody that your worst day in the church is better than your best day in the world. You ought to stay in the church. You ought to stay in the house of God because there's freedom in the house of the Lord. There's safety in the house of the Lord. There's deliverance in the house of the Lord. There's anointing in the house of the Lord. But we've got to make up in our mind that I'll spend my time living for God and spend my time in the presence of the Lord because I cannot wait. I cannot afford to spend my life and spend eternity with the pagans and the pigs. You may be seated. Sin is pleasurable for a season. There will be times when you can get involved in things and it will be fun. It will be enjoyable for a season. But when that season is over, it doesn't change the fact that the wages of sin is still death. And we don't have time to spend eternity or to spend our time here on earth with the pagans and the pigs because God said that I have prepared a place for you that where I am you can be also but there's got to be a people that have set up in their mind that we're looking for a city whose builder and maker is God I don't have time for the world. I don't have time for the parties. I don't have time for the riotous living. I don't have time for the crazy so-called friends. Because I belong to God. Can anybody just testify that from the top of your head to the sole of your feet, you belong to God. And not only do you belong to God, but your unsafe friends and your unsafe family members. You know what I'm talking about. You're talk, I'm talking about the ones that are trapped with the pigs and the pigs. There's going to come a day when they're going to come to themselves. But the question is, when they come to themselves, is there going to be a church that has the spirit of the Father that says, come on back into the house. We're, we've missed you. We're glad to see you. Come back into the house. Come back into the sanctuary. We love you. We miss you. And God has got great things for your life. Amen. That's right. God will discourage us because he knows that if he can discourage us, we cannot encourage others. The book of Romans Apostle Paul addresses paganism 
and the spirit behind it. Romans chapter 1 verse 22. Speaking of the pagans, he said, they were professing themselves to be wise and they became fools. And changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like to a corruptible man and to birds and to four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them, gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. While Paul is speaking about the peril of paganism, Leviticus addresses the uncleanliness of pigs. Leviticus chapter 11 verses 7 through 8 says, And the swine, though he divide the hoof and be cloven-footed, yet chew, he cheweth not the cud, he is unclean to you. Of their flesh shall ye not eat, and their carcass shall ye not touch. They are unclean to you. And I can hear the Apostle Paul say, Wherefore come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. In an article that I read not too long ago, it said this. It said, Pagans may be trained in particular traditions and may follow their own inspirations. Pagans pursue their own vision of the divine as a direct and personal experience. In other words, they walk after the flesh and they do whatever feels good to them, which also means they worship whatever they want, whenever they want. Can I tell you that the freedom of worshiping what you want and worshiping however you want, that is not freedom. Right. That is bondage. We don't worship the beast. We don't worship the animals. We don't worship the trees. We worship Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that in his presence there is fullness of joy. We don't walk after the flesh. We walk after the spirit. No wonder Paul also said that there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. Who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. And I wonder... Is there anybody in the house that is thankful that you are a new creature in Christ Jesus? Is there anybody thankful that you know who you belong to? Is there anybody thankful that you know who you serve? That you know who you magnify? You know who you glorify? And his name is Jesus. He does not share his glory with another. He is the only God. Is there anybody in this house that you can say, I am thankful that I am a one God, apostolic, tongue-talking, holy rolling, born again, heaven-bound, believer in the liberated power of the name of Jesus? Is there anybody in the house? 
closer that can say, I am a chosen generation. I am a royal priesthood. I am a holy nation. I am a peculiar people that I can show forth the praises of him who has brought me out of darkness into his marvelous light. I've come to tell somebody, if you're here today and you drifted far away from God, I've come to tell you that God wants you to draw close to him again. Come on, he cares for you. He wants to touch you. He wants to heal you. He wants to fill you. He wants to do a work in your life. It's not the will of God for you to be tormented and be looked down upon because the God that we serve, he wants to save, he wants to heal, he wants to set free. I'm talking about a God that can make a way out of no way to go midnight in the day. I'm talking about a God that'll pick you up, he'll turn you around, and he'll place your feet on solid ground. I'm talking about Jesus today. Can we just take a moment and begin to lift him up in this house? and say, God, I worship you. God, I magnify you. God, I live for you. Come on, somebody needs to take a moment and just begin to call on Jesus. Come on. The pagans are trying to boss you around and the pigs are trying to squeal. But there needs to be somebody in this house that will come to themselves and say, I gotta get to the Father's Amen. And I close with this. Everyone stand. I feel the Holy Ghost. One more time. Let's just, just take a moment right here and let's just let's call on the name that's above every name. Come on, some of you gotta, there's somebody that you've been praying for. There's a, there's some lost friends, some lost loved ones that you've been praying for. I wish somebody would just call out their names right now and say that they will come back. Amen. There's been those that you've been giving Bible studies to. You've been praying for. You've been seeking God for. You're wondering if it's going to happen. I've come to tell you that it will. It's time for us to get a mindset that says they are coming back. And Lord, you're going to use me to help bring them back. Thank you, Jesus, for your spirit that we feel. Hallelujah. So we find the prodigal. The party is over. in the pig pen with the pagans and the pigs and the Bible says that he came to himself said I I've got to get out of here you know leaving and squandering the inheritance seemed like a pretty good idea seemed like fun seemed like I, I could live whatever life I wanted to live I could do whatever it is I want to do. But now all of a sudden I see that I've just made a mess of myself. I know what I need to do. I need to get back to the Father's house. 
like, yeah, that's what I'll do. I'm going to get back to the Father's house. Because even in my Father's house, even a lowly servant, a lowly servant in my Father's house would be better than being in charge of unclean pigs. to stay here. I'm not a pagan. I'm a Jew. I've got to get back to the Father's house. The Bible says that he made his way back to the Father's house. And while he was yet a far way off, the Father saw him. And the Father came running It don't matter what you've done. I don't care about the inheritance. I don't care about the parties. I don't even care about the pagan farmer and the squealing pigs. All I care about is that my son has come home. So he covers his son and he falls on him and kisses him and lets him know that he is welcome. The father is rejoicing. And he says, Hey, kill the fatty calf. Get the robe. Get the ring. My son, he's come home. Let's have a party. Cue the music. My son has come home. Oh, what a glorious day it is. That one that was lost has come home. But yet, there's an older brother who says, what is he doing here? I'm the one that's been out in the field. I'm the one that's been working. I'm the one that never asked for my inheritance. I'm the one that never went out into the world and got involved in the parties. I've been here. I've been doing everything that's asked of me. And you want to throw a party for him? You want to put a robe on him? You want to fall down and kiss him and hug him? What has he ever done but ruined your good name? He don't belong here. He's damaged goods. He's done. He's finished. Send him back to the pagans and the pigs that he came from. It's so sad that the same spirit, the same exact spirit that existed in that pig pen was the same spirit that was on the brother when the son came home. I don't think that it's a coincidence that the same spirit that was on the pig and farmer and the same spirit that was on the pigs and in that pig pen was the same spirit that destroyed the prodigal's own brother when he returned home. See, the enemy... 
used the prodigal's brother as an attempt to condemn and force the brother to walk away from the father's house. I've come to preach today. I don't know exactly who this is for, but I believe it's for somebody. The enemy, I believe, knows that he cannot, he can't stop the backslider from coming back to the church. As I mentioned earlier, it's been prophesied. Our lost loved ones, our lost friends, they're coming back. They are coming back. There's nothing that's going to be able to stop them from feeling the convicting power of God. But the question is, when they walk through these doors, is there a church that says, what are you doing here? Why are you back here? Pastor, why are you why are you wasting your time with them? You remember what they did? You remember how they stabbed you and your family in the back? You remember all the bad stuff they said about you? And you're going to let them come back into the church? You must be crazy. But yet I can hear Jesus say, Come unto me. All. Not some. Not a few. Not a couple. But all. Ye that are weary. All that are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. The enemy is going to try to use. The children of God. To stop. The backslider. And stop the new convert from coming into the church. But if the church will say, we're going to have the spirit of the father living and dwelling within us. There will not be any unclean spirits in this house. When you come into this church, when you walk into these doors, you are welcome here. And the God that saved me and the God that has kept me he is able to do the same for you. Is there anybody in the house that says, I will exhibit the spirit of the Father so that others can be saved? If we're going to reach others, if we're going to keep the backslider in the church upon returning, there can be no unclean spirits. The church must be a place of refuge it cannot be a place of revenge because while the pagans and the pigs want our unsafe friends and families to remain in the pig pen God is coming back home saying that there is safety and freedom I wonder if there's anybody in the house today that you have been praying for lost loved ones and you have asked God that he would use you to be able to reach them that if you would just lift up your hand and just begin to just call on the name of Jesus right now. And while you're calling on the name that's above every name, why don't you take a moment and call out those that God has been speaking to you about. That have walked away from truth. And you've been praying and you've been fasting and you've been seeking and hoping that they'll come back to truth. 
I open these altars for everybody that says, God, I want you to use me. I want to be a soul winner. I want the spirit of the father, not the spirit of the brother existing in my life. I'm opening up the altars for those that feel like that you were the prodigal, that you've walked away, that you've struggled, you've spent your time with riotous living, you've been hanging out with the pagans and the pigs too long, and now you've decided it's time for me to come back to Jesus. It's time to come back home. I've got to get back to the Father's house. God, God, we need your spirit. God, use me to reach my generation. God, use me to reach my friends. God, use me to reach my family members. God, if I've drifted far, if I've gotten involved in things I shouldn't have been involved in, God, I'm asking that you would forgive me. I made it up in my mind. I'm coming back home. I can't stay in the big pen. I won't stay with the parties. I won't dwell with the I've got to come home to where Jesus is. I've got to come home to where the Father is. Because where the Father is, there's freedom and refuge.
you're here, and I'm not just speaking to anybody in specific, but I'm asking if there's been anybody, if there's anybody in this house that you have been praying specifically for an unsafe friend or family member, and you've been praying, and you've been asking, and you've been wondering, and you feel like the demoniac's father who said, God, I believe, but help mine unbelief. And you're struggling to think that they're too far gone. That maybe they've just spent too much time in the pig pen. Too much time with the parties and the riotous living to ever come back to the house of God. I want to encourage you today. I want you to come towards this front. We're going to pray for you. And Pastor Dumbin is going to pray. The ministry is going to pray. Is it anybody that's been praying? I know everybody's got unsaved loved ones, but there's got somebody that's been on your heart that you've been praying for, that you've been asking God to bring back into the church. Will you please come up come to the front? them to come home. And the spirit that's in this house, the spirit of our Heavenly Father that's in this house is the same spirit that's going to meet them when they walk through these doors. Is there anybody that believes it? Come on, is there anybody that believes it?
God some praise right now. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you for the return of Christ. Hallelujah. Thank you for every brother, every sister, every mom, every dad, every child right now. Thank you, God. Hallelujah for every friend, every family member. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. Nobody, you know, I know that we have the song, we sing the song, never too far gone. Amen. There, there is no person, I don't care who they are, there's no person that's too far gone. I've got some family members that, that you know, I, sometimes I just shake my head and I say, I don't know, if God doesn't get a hold of them, amen, it's not going to happen. But you know what? God can get a hold of them. Amen. So keep praying for them. Keep reaching for them. Keep loving them. Amen. And God will do uh, what He has promised He will do. Amen. Thank you, Brother Hodges, for the word of the Lord today. Amen. Speaking to us, uh, encouraging us, amen, not just to believe that the prodigal's coming home, but to have the right spirit, amen, and be ready to receive them. Amen. Isn't it God good? Amen. 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 Let's give the Lord a hand. Just a moment as our ushers get ready to receive our tithes and offerings today. If you have your connection card and you finish filling that out, you can put that into your uh, into the offering as it passes by. And we're so glad that you're here with us. I want to mention as the ushers are getting ready and as you're preparing your giving envelopes, next Sunday is our Mother's Day service. You'll get to hear a little bit from my mother uh, in, in addition to hearing a little bit from me. But you'll get to hear a little bit from my mother. So if you've ever wanted to know what it was like, no, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to let her tell any bad stories. It's not going to happen. Amen. And if she does, she knows I get the mic next. So that's all I'm saying. I get the last word. But I'm so thankful uh, for my wife. She's going to minister a little bit next Sunday in, in Radcliffe, and then my, my mother will minister a little here with me in Omaha. And I'm thankful uh, for both of those great women. I was going to ask my mother-in-law, but I didn't want to die. So um, there you go. But I'm so thankful for them, and we're going to have a great Mother's Day next Sunday. And I do want to mention, for those of you that know, we, have a, we do a special offering for our ladies ministries next Sunday and if you uh, want to help with that that would be awesome uh, and then I mentioned last week and I want to throw it back out there again we're getting ready to re redo our gutters and soften uh, some of our siding and we're hoping to be able to get the church painted and uh, I've had a few people come to me and let me know that they're going to help uh, if you can help us with that this is I just I'm planting the bug in your ear now uh, two weeks from today, we're going to take a pledge offering. So it won't be uh, on the 13th, because that's Mother's Day, but the 20th, we're going to take a pledge offering. And you'll have until the probably the end of June to get that in. And our goal is uh, to raise about in between three and $4,000. Uh, we have probably, uh, well, we, we have not quite what we need. We, we're not, I was going to say we're almost a half, but we're not quite to half yet. 
so if you can help us with that, uh, that would be really awesome. If you can give, you know, if you can plan to give a couple hundred dollars or uh, $50 or whatever you're able to give, you can give more than that. Give sacrificially. Uh, and you'll have, like I said, you'll have from May the 20th and probably until the end of June to get that in. And uh, we're going to go ahead and get the, get the work ordered and get that stuff ready and set to go. But we're going to take pledges up first. And so uh, that will not be next Sunday, but the following Sunday. But I'm just reminding you about it because we don't take $4,000 offerings every Sunday. Uh, if we did, we'd probably, um, we'd probably just build a new building. But... Uh, <laughs> We are definitely going to try to fix up what we can fix up. We want to get some things done. We do have a sign ordered, uh, and that will be coming in probably within the next couple of weeks. Uh, so we're excited about that. The first brick that we're going to paint is going to be the brick on the sign. So we're going to check out our colors and see what we like, and uh, we'll figure that out there. But I do want to encourage you to come back next Sunday for Mother's Day, and then also be ready two weeks from today. We're going to give our special pledge offering. If our ushers would go ahead and come, they're going to receive tithes and offerings and your connection cards today. And as they're going back and receiving those, now that you are finished with your offering, go ahead and receive it. And now that they're doing that, once you have put that in and you've got a minute and you've got a hand free, take your, take your phone out. I know phones in church, you know, but now we're through. We're getting ready to dismiss. So take your phones out. And if you would, check in today on Instagram or on Facebook and hashtag it. Care for moms. Care for moms. Care the number four. It's up there in the top right hand corner. Care the number four and moms. If you hashtag it care for moms, this is what it's going to do. Every five check-ins provide a day of care for a mom and her baby. And that is through uh, compassion in Jesus' name. That is who we're partnering with this month. So first Sunday, care the number four and moms. Don't do give meals anymore. That one's gone. Care and the number four moms. Hashtag it. And check in today at the Crossroads of Louisville. Post a picture. Amen. Some uh, post something about Brother Hodges and uh, his message to us today. Amen. Anything that you can do, because what happens when you do that is people see it and it, it encourages them and uh, they're able to connect with what is going on in your life. Let's bless the offering and then we will be dismissed. We have There are some refreshments ready to go. Lord Jesus, we thank you, God, for what you're doing in our lives. Thank you for this offering that's been received. We pray, God, that you would use it. Use it to further your kingdom. And God, that your hand would bless it and multiply it. And God, that you would help us to continue to do the great work that you've set out for us to do. God, bless Brother and Sister Hodges and Jasmine and their ministry, God, and all that you're doing in their lives. We pray, God, that you bless each and every one and continue to help us to become who you had intended us for, uh, for us to be. And God, we give you the praise and the glory for all these things. Bless our refreshments today in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. 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 God bless you. Don't forget to check in before you leave today.
I show Whichever way you play it, I'm good with that.